Hi everyone. Before we get started with today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that you can now support Crisis Twink with a small monthly donation to help support future episodes and operating costs. There's absolutely no pressure to do this. Culture Pig and Crisis Twink will always be free, but any and all donations are highly appreciated. If you go to the show notes in whatever platform you're using to listen to this podcast, there should be a link marked listener support, and you can choose to contribute however much you want in just an easy monthly donation. So if that is something that you want to do, which you know, I mean, very chic look for you to do that. Very sexy, very cool to be financially generous. Come on, sugar daddy. Yes. Yes, God. Hunty slunty sleigh, I say. Um, it would be really nice if you did it. So, And it is very unhinged to be doing this. And everything I just said for the past like 10 seconds is so unhinged. But uh, yeah, absolutely try doing a donation if you can. Thanks. And on with the show. Hey girlies, welcome to Crisis Twink, the podcast where we ring the alarm about cultural emergencies. Whether it's a flop album, an insane headline, a problematic fave, or just something that needs to be urgently discussed or you'll die, we're going to revive it and make sure it gets the medical assistance it so desperately needs. My name is Drew Haskins, and I'm the only twink who can save the culture in crisis. Sorry, I'm laughing already because joining me today is terrified boyfriend of the pod, Arthur Shot Lopez. Hi. Hi, everyone. Okay, so we have to get the elephant. What elephant? The elephant in the room, out of the room. Which elephant? We're recording in person. Yes, we are. And the same microphone. Same microphone. The audio, I mean, for discerning audio files, uh, you guys may notice that this podcast is usually recorded via Zoom. Um, some, some episodes of feature guests talking into their phone on speaker out of a solo cup for audio reverberational purposes. This, we're coming to you live in person today. How are you feeling about that? Big honor. Um, a little nervous, but we're gonna shake it off. Yeah, you got great. your yayas. Get your yayas. Um, I do I'm have to my sharpe exercises. Right you're now. like, <laughs> okay. We could go full nonverbal on this podcast today too, and sort of like a postmodern exercise. Yeah, we could literally just communicate. <laughs> like beautiful, like murmurings. Oh, we could. We could do a beer type thing. I can't roll my R's like that. Anyway. I think that's beautiful, though. Um, this is your first podcast. How are you feeling? This about that? is my first podcast. I'm very excited. It's weird to know so many people in my profession who do podcasts, and I'm here. I am doing my first one, and something that I most definitely have no expertise on. So it's kind of scary to throw that out into the world. I know we have we have a working member of academia on today, is, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to we talk, talk about, about cultural emergency. It is, um, in the words of the great Daniel Staub, positively terroristic to um, force your boyfriend to do a podcast. I think so, honestly. But you're here. I am here, and you... I'm probably going to retweet this, which I think is the scariest part. So, well, love me, love me, please retweet. Exactly. Who said that? Maya, <laughs> Maya Angel. Um, 
Well, we, okay, I maybe no, maybe not. But I, okay, anyway, I think we should probably get into our first segment because the yes. segments today are going to be kind of. There's a lot of a lot to chew on. Lovely, and I actually know what they are, so you don't even need to explain them to me. Oh my I'm god! A seasoned listener of the podcast, and I don't make you do that. No. Okay, it's important it's, for them to totally hear. doesn't hold the gun to my head every Wednesday. Um, not at all. Who's gonna believe you? I don't know, man. You ask your listeners. <laughs> all right. Well, it's time for our first segment. We're gonna play Go Call the Governor. So I'm going to present you from three cultural scenarios from recent and or ancient history. And it better be ancient. It's it better be positively Greco-Roman. It's it's close. Okay, it's great. from like three days ago. Wow. So you're going to decide whether or not Fully. the governor needs to be called. Then you'll <laughs> Okay. There are no wrong answers here. I know. But I'm your ready. choice is binary. I know. But they might not, though. The oh, listeners. That's, that's we might have I'm sorry. New... I'm sorry. I'm over This is an international here. podcast. We, we might have new listeners today who are tuning in to hear your dulcet tones. That's true. I'm sorry, listeners. I'm too eager. I'm too nervous. But let's play. All right. All right. First scenario, the latest season of Great British Bake Off. Does the governor need to be called or not? Oh, it was, I think, I mean, maybe the governor needs to be called on the final. Okay. But but not even on the final, really, because that was not anyone's, I mean, it was, um, by the way, spoiler alert. Oh, yeah, spoiler alert. On DBBO. It was Christelle's fault. I mean, we don't know what happened, but it was her fault. We don't. Have but... you ever seen any loaf of bread look like that? No, I... that was that was terrifying. I've um, never seen raw dough look like and that. And I, I just really want to understand like how how she did that. I mean, like she doused that thing in oil. Like she truly submerged it in oil. But, but the it... top was cooked and the inside was like it looked like um it looked like rock like stale dip. flan like you know when flan like has that. been sitting in the fridge yeah. for a while when it gets kind of like gray yeah 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 no it was, it was it was horrifying and i totally thought that like even with that chicks was just gonna win yeah so i guess i guess giuseppe winning was a bit of a, a i know stunner. uh but other than that i thought it was one of the strongest seasons ever oh for sure uh, full of great characters even um, like on the people who were earlier out like Freya, super memorable. Oh, great. so I thought, I mean, there's so many seasons where, you know, you get to like the top five and then it's like, okay, now there's competition. Yeah. Right. And this one, it felt that like, you know, two people left and then like everyone else was good enough to like, okay, maybe yeah. like eight people, but like there, there were like, many people who could have won. The like, top eight was pretty strong this year. Yeah. Like it was Freya, Amanda, George, Lizzie, RIP, Jurgen, Christel Chiggs, and Giuseppe. Yeah, That's and a really point, strong topic. Except eight. for like maybe George. Yeah. And Amanda, I thought that anyone, it was anyone's game to lose. Yeah. Honestly. Like I thought Freya. Freya was one of the win. most shocking early um, outs, I think, in GBBO. And of history. course, that semifinal when Jurgen left was also hair wild. I mean, I, yeah, like I, first episode, I was like, Jurgen's going to win. Like this is going to be so boring. Yeah. It's going to be the most boring season of all time. I will say that like the season, it felt like it was building to a Giuseppe, a Giuseppe, Giuseppe, their couple names. What we ship them, um, the, either Jurgen or Giuseppe winning. And I do think the show sort of bent over backwards For sure. For sure. Um, to get Giuseppe to win. Because yeah. I do think Chiggs probably should have won given what we saw in the more. final. Also just the arc. Like, I mean, yeah. it was so incredible to see someone go from 
not making at all to actually producing really amazing stuff, uh, which I most definitely could. I'm a terrible baker and a cook and everything. Yeah, nice little sushi. Um, yeah, and Thanksgiving at fall, the stops, but like other than that. Yeah. Um, so it is incredible to see what they do. And I was very proud of Chiggs. Um, yeah. But, yeah. He is so accomplished. Like, I feel like any other season, Chiggs or Christelle could have. I mean, Christelle would have won, weren't it for the focaccia? Yeah. Like, true. what did her in was the focaccia. Like, she was set to win. And then. Because it all looked good. Even like the focaccia before they cut into it looked yeah. good. I don't know. I always really like the hot mean girls on and not saying that crystal's mean or whatever but like she does work in investment banking so like draw your own conclusions but like she um she's one of my favorite contestants in the years lizzie also that cake made me cry the cake the last cake she served the one about her what was it her dyslexia that actually like i shed tears it was Um, so beautiful beautiful. probably i mean i i think that was more controversial controversial honestly to use her accent um Uh, more than that (laughs) than Jurgen almost like Jurgen I think should have gone home that episode he went home for sure I think you can argue that Lizzie given the week she had probably should have stayed over Christelle but cumulatively that's fair fair. cumulatively and also you know they had to give everyone a good show and Lizzie wouldn't have been a good like no she would have been like out for sure exactly so like yeah they needed to keep crystal in but i was really happy with her she was so funny all she season. was a ray of sunshine at the end when they showed that montage of her and freya on the road trip across I the cried. uk i, I would cried. like to see that show oh yeah no they, yeah. They, they have to do a spinoff um yeah no i do wonder how much input from the producers paul and prue actually have to follow when eliminating people um i think it's becoming increasingly especially this evident. season it was kind of very 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 evident that there was some rigory uh-huh oh yeah some rigamorous oh yeah um i mean i think everything felt fair for the most part the only the one part of the season that i really left a sour taste in my mouth was the three handshakes and none for Jurgen. yeah even though Jurgen maybe made, didn't deserve and that made one, it but so like, obvious like yeah. it, it was so obvious that and I, then like that Jurgen was gonna go out and then of course they played us in the final where basically Giuseppe was under pressure all the time yeah. uh and then he won so but but this is the challenge of a show like Bake Off right like especially a show that very much does not follow the American model of like Hunger Games uh mm-hmm. where it is supposed to be wholesome and you know British and stuff like yeah. and whatnot but then at the same time it does have to be good television and so there, there needs to be a production aspect to it that, yeah. that spoils it a little bit, right? The nice thing about GBBO is that they don't usually let the production get in the way of the show's, like, cuddly feeling. Oh, I yeah, say. no, that, not at all. Though there were moments this season where I thought Noel and Matt were needling contestants a little bit too much. Oh, it was, yeah, like, no, a little, like, Jurgen again, like, yeah. Noel, I thought, was being a little antagonistic almost to Jurgen mm-hmm. and Matt, too, at other points yeah, in the season. Yeah, I was yeah. like, what? Like, it made me no, think that they actually... didn't like Jurgen that much. Right. Do right. you think he was, like, difficult to work with? And they were actually, well, I have no, but... mm. that's he a is... good question, actually, because he is very, he's, he was like, wait, okay, let's see if I can do it. I prefer to work alone. Was that good? That was beautiful. Yes. Yeah. A one German accent. Yeah. Um, no, I think, I think, yeah, like this was the first season that I actually saw them actively trying to disrupt contestants. 
and that was kind of they've done it a little bit before but But the season was was pretty it was excessive I think um Matt and I like Matt which is sort of a controversial ish I mean every time I see him all I can think about is uh Bridesmaids, yeah, incredible. He does stick out a lot, but his humor is a little too like it can be a little too mean and barbed, I think, Mm. for the show. Mm. But it's funny, but it's also a little like, yeah, like Mel and Sue were never, it was, it could get a little like, oh, ho, ho, like raunchy at some points, but it was never like- oh, it was so raunchy. I mean- the But it was almost like cuddly. a very like, yeah. like show. <laughs> like it is, it is very sexual. I mean, soggy bottoms are catchphrase. Exactly. No, I mean, it is, it is catering to the gays um, in, yeah. in a way that- um, this it, season, is, it is the paradox of, of cuddly raunchy that- And this season we did need cater to the gays a lot with some of the hottest- contestants honestly between Chiggs, george and giuseppe especially i was like we ruled the entire time Um, and like hot mean girls and like funny weirdos yeah i mean there were no like were there any actual gay people yeah jerzino that's right early oh he wasn't even in the dud and he wasn't even in the in the retrospective at the end which was he wasn't even there. Was I didn't he see not? Him. Oh, maybe he maybe was... he wasn't like the group picture at the end. Yeah, like yeah, no, didn't even really get featured. But he um, also yes, like he was failed there. to complete. Yeah, any of his bakes. Like he oh, just yeah. sent like big pink. Was he on the first? No, the first one was I don't remember his name. But Tom. he was on the second one. Yeah, right? it was, yeah, 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 yeah. And then Rashika. Right. We're not. I. We're just spoiling the entire. I know. We're order. sorry. I'm sorry, listeners. everyone. If you haven't watched it, just go watch another season at this point. Yeah. Or wait for like, next year's. I don't know how you avoid spoilers in the U.S. Anyway, considering there's like a three-day delay between when it airs in the U.K. and here. Just it is a don't Twitter. Or like, I made the mistake of following Christelle on Instagram around week right seven. And I got spoiled because she posted about because I forgot it was airing on Tuesday right. and then swiftly unfollowed. But I'm gonna have to refollow now because she oh, is course. queen, queen of, icon, yeah. goddess, love her, miso queen, miso queen. Miso I'm queen. surprised she didn't use miso. She didn't use miso at all in the final. No, I was like where's your? Where's it was your miso? so funny where's that miso magic? a friend of the podcast, Tyler Danucci, called her out on Instagram for not using miso for me using miso for using too much so miso. much like two weeks ago, and she actually responded to him in DMs. You're kidding. Uh-huh. What'd she say? She, I don't know. I don't think she actually dragged his ass, but she should have. Because if anyone deserves the dragging, it's damn Tyler. You heard it here first. Anyway. All right. Well, let's move on to the next scenario. Ugly Christmas sweaters. Does the governor need to be called? I mean, it depends on the sweater. I have, I, I am the owner of an ugly. Actually, I don't know what I did with that one. I might have donated it. Um, what was it? It was deer. Deer? Deer. Like reindeer. Like reindeer. Yeah. Yeah. I bought it like a top shop in high school. Wait, what was ugly? Well, it wasn't, I mean, it was, was just it like, it was in it was the style. It, no, it wasn't the style of an ugly Christmas sweater, but I don't think it was ugly at all. Actually, it was like really cute. It was just not very warm. <laughs> wait, um, wait, so what about it made it uh, like theoretically ugly? Well, I feel that there is like a platonic form of an ugly Christmas sweater, right? Which is like kind of yeah. diffuse, like almost not quite geometrical but there's something like almost pixelated about 
uh-huh. the stitching. It's like eight bit. Right? Like, yeah, it's like yeah. eight bit. Um, and it says something like, Santa's gonna come kiss this ass or whatever. Something really so. inappropriate. Uh, yeah, but like, I don't, I don't think the governor actually needs to be called. I mean, I don't know. Like, let, let people enjoy things. I know you hate that meme. Um, but but in this case, I'm like exactly, exactly. Lips. In this case, like I I like, you know, because I because I don't actually wear it anymore. I don't even have much to say about a oh, Christmas sweater. Yeah. I also like haven't seen a lot of people wearing them around. Maybe it's because well, it's you also know, December first. It's is not tomorrow. even. It's to, yeah. We're recording yeah. this on November thirty. Exactly. <laughs> so you know, full Mariah season is not here yet. Um. So. But now, now that you mentioned it, you've just reminded me that I do not actually have any Christmas couture to wear around. I do have a green sweater and a red sweater, but I don't have. Yeah, you know. Me too. I I don't like clothes that I I can only wear like one day a year. Yeah. Like I like. Yeah. You know, I'm not a fashionista necessarily, though I am. But I don't. I don't want like gag gifts. Right. Right. I don't wear clothes that are funny. I don't know. I don't think not. that's like... I actually have a great story about that from the summer. Uh-huh. Uh, so basically freshman year of college, I bought chubby like America shorts. Oh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Chubbies. You know? yeah. yeah, like ch- yeah, th- those ch- ch- chubby, chubby America shorts. Chubby's America shorts, like literally the American flag. And it was supposed to be a little subversive. Of course, back in my freshman year, so I graduated 2019. So Obama was still president. So like, you know, the country hasn't like hadn't yet burned down and fallen apart um and and basically uh I decided to wear them this year for the 4th of July like literally as like an ironic joke and I was in DC for the 4th uh and I went out to get breakfast in them and Mm -hmm. people gave me this was Columbia Heights people gave me the dirtiest glares as if like I had literally killed a person and I was like oh my god like literally wearing these nowadays it's like it you everyone thinks you're a republican mm-hmm. so now they're at the I don't even know where I put them well, that's never what you them get again. that's what you get for co-opting right-wing imagery never well but I mean like it wasn't in, it wasn't in 20 I mean it wasn't in 2015 or you know it was it was much more toned down and I could wear that oh. in Cambridge Massachusetts and not get dirty glares in the street yeah in, in 2015 you could love America it's it truly it became uncool to like American when Ariana licked the donut that summer. Damn. That's a, that's a hot periodization. That's mm-hmm. like an edgy periodization. I hadn't thought about that. She's a trendsetter in a lot of ways. Damn. Everyone was doing like the up down. That's, that's when it happened. But yeah, so I'm never wearing those again. If anyone wants them, let me know. Um, they're too, they're too, um, I, I like that. I don't even fit into them anymore. So whatever. Damn. Yeah, the death of of anything America themed. America that's, and those shorts. Yeah, the government needs to be called on those definitely, but not on yeah. Christmas sweaters. Chubby's is like a a, a mixed brand. It was. I like. They have some nice stuff. My brother is a Chubby's fiend. Like total Chubby. Sorry, Grant. He likes a chubby. He likes a chubby. He likes a chubby. Ew, he wouldn't like me saying that. But like, he's. Are he's, you no 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 no? He's are you now being fat phobic, Andrew? No, I'm not. That's not what. Okay, well, no. Cancelina. This, this podcast Paul is the governor. not fat phobic. We love people of all stars and stripes, except the American stars and stripes, I guess. 
You can't say uh, that right now. I'll get kicked out of the country. I just the, uh, look. We're tr- this podcast is inclusive. <laughs> That's all I could say. But um, no, I mean, theme clothing can be kind of a mixed bag. Especially, oh yeah, no. Especially never, clothes you can want to wear. Honestly, after this hair experience, never doing that again. Uh, no, only buying clothes that I can wear every day of the year. All right. Well, let's move on to our final cultural scenario. Something a little less politically charged. Not uh, oh, Rihanna God. is named a national hero of Barbados as the island nation splits from the UK monarchy and becomes a republic. Does the governor need to be called? Wait, did this actually happen? Yeah, it happened today. Oh my God. I mean, which governor? The governor general? Because they're not going to have one of those anymore. It's going to be a president now. It's going to be a president. Um, so, so I guess the governor needs to be recalled to England. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go back, go back on the main. Go back ass. on the on whatever the ship that actually I think is she like a contender for the presidency? I know Rihanna, that it wasn't Rihanna. No, no is, not Rihanna. The governor general, who was a woman, and the prime minister of Barbados was also a woman. So it was like, damn, like look I, at that. I have to confess, um, I don't know who the prime well, minister regardless, of Barbados I mean, was. good. I like you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think the government needs to be calling this. Like, oh good for them. Like, go Rihanna. Like, I mean, has she done something? Is she Cancelina? Like, has she done something? No, bad? Rihanna has never done anything. Exactly. Like, um, though I did see when I was in college, quirky. she got like humanitarian of the year award. Like, she went there. Yeah. She did her little hair fling. It was a moment. It was a cultural moment. It for was sure. She uh, dabbles in exclusively cultural moments yeah everything she does is a, a cultural moment yeah so like you know she's my national hero like i just i just think it's funny that it happened on the same day like they formally moved to become a republic every <laughs> nation needs symbols and rihanna. honestly i cannot think of a better way to ditch the queen than replace her with rihanna should she be on the flag she should be on the money she should be on the flag she should be everywhere should rude boy be the national anthem I don't know about Rude Boy. Like, okay, let's so pick a what, better song. What Rude Boy? Rude Boy is no, great. No, I think Rude Boy is a great song, but maybe not for the national okay, anthem. Okay, what Rihanna song should be the national anthem of Barbados? I don't know. I don't think I have that complete a grasp on her discography to make this choice right now. Out of, like, the big hits, mm. what is the most national anthem Oh. Oh, that's hard. Mm-hmm. Mm. Diamonds in the sky. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Shine bright like a diamond. I think that's a beautiful. I think that's aspirational. Yeah. I think I think it's it's wholesome. It's wholesome. Exactly. There's no, you know, I was gonna think of something more, maybe like something that was kind of like a breakup song between Barbados and England. Breaking dishes. But I'm like, maybe breaking dishes, (laughs) maybe um consideration, like, but then I was like, no, like let it be wholesome, you know. Um she doesn't have a ton of like wholesome songs. They're all like very like bad bitch. Yeah. yeah but Barbados could be a but diamonds you know I didn't see her write that see her wrote that yeah yeah if it's vaguely inspirational and came out see from 11 onwards yeah wrote see it. Wrote it. it absolutely um yeah yeah I don't know about well now that now that see it like I don't know if we want Sia to have written the national anthem of Barbados you yeah, know call like, the governor on that call the governor on that I feel bad that you, all you wanted to do was actually call the governor and I didn't present you with I one know, scenario. I know, that... I, I have to say y'all, like, you know, this entire time I've been listening to this podcast, I have wanted to call the governor so bad, um, send some people to jail, lock them up, 
But straight to the Hague. Straight to the Hague. Yeah, the, like my dream was to send someone straight to the ICC, literally war criminal, crimes against humanity. And here were three wholesome cultural scenarios that did not really pin out well for me. My thirst well, for vengeance is not- Is there anything you want to air out right stupid. now? Any, I'm trying any to think. Some bloodlust that you want to work out? No. To work, work, work out. <laughs> That was bad. Do I call the governor on that? Do I want to call the governor on that? Maybe I'll call the governor on that. But that's not that's not enough for the hate. Like my general demeanor. I am the criminal. I mean, that's sad. It's okay. That's an American tragedy. I agree. A chubby American tragedy. Burn those shorts. Burn Burn those shorts. All right. Well, on that somber note of tragedy and whatever the opposite loss. of uplift is, loss, we're going to take a quick break for ad roll. Woo, 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 woo. Bye. And we are back. Let's move on to this episode's cultural emergency. Arthur, what are you rushing to the ER today? So the thing is, like, I don't know if I'm actually rushing anyone to the ER. I think it's more like they're coming out of the post-op, like leaving the, so the hospital after. I mean, I will say the hospital framework that I've used for this podcast for 36 episodes now, I don't think really applies to anything we've ever talked about. Okay, that's fair. Wonderful. And it's, so I guess I am rushing something to the ER. I mean, as I was thinking about it earlier today, I was like, maybe this does need to be rushed to the ER I a think, little bit. I think the impulse here should just be to say words with the sense of urgency, but that's not as hooky okay. as saying the ER. No. Oh, well. I'll re- Maybe for when I get to episode 40, I'll rethink everything no, I I've think, ever No, I think it's a great thing. I, think, I, do, I, think, I genuinely I think don't. We should be rushing things to the ER. There are plenty of things we should be rushing Especially to the ER. in COVID. But Omicron, baby. Oh, God. We're all getting sick. Uh, cancel sick, her sick. for that. No, it's uh, no, I I'm applaud kidding. our first um, line responders. Yes, no. Um, terrifying. Anyway, I am rushing the Devil Resprada to the ER. Again, I don't think rushing to the ER is the best way to put it because it is my favorite movie of all time, which is ridiculous to say, but there you no, have I it. Think, I think many gay um, men are stood up and give honestly, you a big cheer. An awakening, an awakening. Yeah. Uh, it turned 15 this year. Uh, I think as I was thinking about it earlier today, I, I thought about a historiographical reappraisal of it. Um, so so that's, that's what I'm here to talk about. I'm, so when did you first watch the movie? So I watched, I'm pretty sure I watched it in 2016 or 2000, wow, damn, 2006. I watched it right Some after Some historian. It someone, someone fell off and hit his head. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I watched it in 2006. Mm-hmm. I was nine or 10. Um, oh and God, young. Young, that was the first time I ever heard of most of the brands in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it ended up being kind of a very, I wouldn't say formative for my sense of fashion, but just like it was interesting to kind of come into contact with that world through that framework. But then when I think back about it now, like maybe a lot of people did, I don't know. Um, yeah, so that was that was interesting. Uh, so I so I watched it uh, right then and there, and then and then I rewatched it many times. The soundtrack is stellar; mm-hmm. has stayed with me. Suddenly I see Bakichi Tunstall. I mean, talk about nothing 
ever recorded has been as inspirational. No, and I suddenly mean, she saw that. And that month, right, like that, that, just that opening scene of like all of them getting dressed and ready. And like, it, it was just, it was just so well done. Um, and, and there are so many iconic songs. I mean, like the soundtrack, like the, the score is actually really mm-hmm. masterfully done. Like, I'm pretty sure I have like an instrumental score of the movie, like on my, on my music app. It, it's um, very like, um, post sex in the city music. Like everything's like, do, 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 yeah. do, 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 And do, at the same do, time, do. it's very much, it's also kind of that, like, I mean, I guess Gossip Girl started in 2007. Yeah. There is something Gossip Girl ask about the soundtrack, like Seven Days in Sunny June, uh, I can't sleep. I think that's a song in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. There is something very kind of New York mid two thousands. Oh yeah, which uh, is like such a. It, it is like the transitional media, basically between Sex and the City and, and Gossip, Gossip Girl, Girl, which I think you can argue are the two defining like two thousands TV shows about New York. Exactly. And Devil Wears Prada is like and a there perfect you have a bridge. Beautiful, like triad, right? Like with with the Devil Wears Prada as the queen of New York two thousands media. Um, yeah, no, um, there's a direct through line from Carrie Bradshaw to Anne Hathaway as Andy, Andy, to Blake Lively, and Miranda Priestly to Blair Waldorf. Damn, okay, that's a hot take. What about Emily Blunt? Like, Emily Uh, could, yeah. Can we talk about Emily Because, I mean, let's, let's think about Emily Blunt and, and Anne Hathaway and Blair and Serena, or I guess I'm saying people's names and characters. That that is a Blair Serena. Isn't, isn't it a Blair Serena? And, and I mean, you know, the kind of Serena's, I mean, now we're just talking about Gossip Girl, but, but Serena's almost like bizarre, but not quite bizarre, like sly naivete. Yeah, she's like a boho idiot. Exactly. Like, you know, you, you kind of, you know, Andy is coming from a completely different place, and I really want to talk about from that. Northwestern. Like, from Northwestern, from yeah. Northwestern, and was supposed to go to Stanford Law, and lo and behold, getting paid thirty k a year to, you know, suffer under Miranda Priestly. No, a Northwestern um, grad who dresses like shit. Now I've heard everything. Um, terrifying. Positively terroristic. Positively terroristic. Um, but yeah, no. Now, now that I'm thinking about it, that I didn't even think about that that parallelism. Mm-hmm. But, but Andy truly is Serena. You can apply Andy. a Blair Serena framework to, to everything. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree. Completely agree. Completely agree. Anyway, nothing. Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt. What a talent! I just watched 73 Questions with her today. Um, okay. In which she literally subs in for End of Winter at Vogue, and the whole thing is peppered with the Devil Wears Prada allusions, and it is lovely. Um, great, great seventy-three questions. Um, she she is just naturally like very cheeky and funny as a personality. I, mean, she is British. I really wish she was not married to John Krasinski. Yeah. Why? Who I'm pretty I mean, sure allegedly is like a Trumpy <gasps> kind of libertarian. Yeah. He's definitely like a gun nut. I just, I just, you know, the listeners are not seeing this, but I said gun nut. He I is was like, holding a gun I literally was doing like Shalita Grant listeners. and search party, like <laughs> full like gestures to the jury. Full pantomime out here, yeah. everyone. Um, no, but she, that was her first big movie. That's wild to think about. And I she mean, almost got an Oscar nom out of it. She did. She almost did. Uh, it is, I mean, it is crazy that she hasn't won an Oscar yet. Um, right? Emily no, she hasn't. hasn't. She's yeah. not been nominated for That's Oscar. crazy. That to me is insane. Uh, and Hathaway did. Uh, and won. And won. And won. Hell yeah. Deserved. Um, 
It was also very funny. I was watching a couple of interviews with Meryl Streep from, from 2006. Uh, and, and every, every interview mentions the fact that, you know, she was getting Oscar bus for it. It was going to be like, I think her 13th nomination mm-hmm. and she had already won twice. And everyone was like, Oh my God, you're the best actress of all time. Like, or, you know, you're the best living actress. Like everyone's saying that to her face. And she's like, 11 losses, baby. 11 losses. <laughs> like, yeah, but that's still two wins. Um, I know, 13. But, it, but like that just goes on to show I how mean, much of a perfectionist she is. Love Meryl Streep. If you're if you're listening to this, I mean, everyone's your fan. So Meryl is listening. I'm, I'm not special at all. Oh, um, she, can I you just, imagine if Meryl is? I do I think Meryl Streep knows what podcast is. Of course. What, Are you? Do you think me? her daughter showed her? Her daughters. One of them's married to Mark Ronson. Did you know it's, that? It's, Okay, that's crazy. Yeah, but also, right. is is Meryl giving Biden now? No, but in that new movie, she's giving Trump. She is giving Trump. But she's her not knowing what a podcast is would be giving Biden. That would be given Biden. Yeah. Clueless. Clueless. I love Biden. I we love Joe Biden. I know we love Joe Biden. Joe. Yeah. If you're listening, country, Joe. Joe, we love you, Joe. Wow, um, everyone's listening. I know. Um, we, we really it's are. like FDR fireside chat, but with like two stars that are taking I am FDR. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway. God. But yeah. So how do we focus this? Co- <laughs> how do we focus this conversation? <laughs> Sorry, this is all over the place. No, but like this movie, it's hard to talk cohesively about this movie because it is just like this is one of the few universal pieces of like gay fangirl culture there are. Like I don't know a single person who doesn't like this movie. It's yeah. one of the funniest movies ever made. Like chock full of good performances. Mm-hmm. Miranda Priestley's like and the lines. The lines. Like, yeah. I always think about um Emily Blunt saying that she's one stomach flew away from her goal weight. Oh yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Or, you know, I, I repeat it so many times the well, I mean I just think it's hilarious, but like the, you know, when I'm about to faint, I just eat a cube of cheese. Like <laughs> I think this is just so horrifyingly funny. Um, and that movie gets memed all the time. Like, are you wearing um, the Chanel boots? The Chanel boots. Oh, so. I have a great meme that's like, no gay has all 10. And it's just like a list of things for this. Oh, where's Prada? <laughs> like Harry Potter manuscript. The Chanel boots. The woman, the book. The woman like. holding up those two like identical belts. Oh my God. And so, so Emily does that in the, in the 73 questions. Video. Really? Like someone holds it and it's like, I can't tell they're so different. Uh, and then like an intern looks back and they both look at me. It's like, what are you looking at? Um, what are you looking at? Um, it's so funny. You know, it's not, it's not any kind of blue. But it's really in blue. the movie, yeah, like that monologue is so iconic. There's probably like a generation of men who are off book on that. Well, not, not only that, right? But like, I think that monologue, like if anyone wants like a, a ready-made justification to actually care about fashion, then yeah. there it is like you know because literally what she's doing like this is all ridiculous and then when Miranda's doing is saying no literally why you're wearing right this ugly ass sweater you're wearing and it is from ugly. this room like everything we wear is those people um who decide for us and right? to like distill that idea of like trickle down consumerism into a funny pithy like minute 15 monologue oh yeah that's a feat of writing it's what like 100 150 words like, yeah it's insane. insane insane um I was also thinking earlier today about how much that movie kind of you know I feel I feel that there have been like you know there's what the movie depicts right which mm-hmm. is this idea that you know oh she's been in everything for her career 
and this was horrible. And then, you know, there's the climax of her throwing the phone in the fountain and everything gets back to kind of normal and she like lives out her ideals. And then I think, you know, in the early 10s, like this movie got very much kind of a gatekeep gaslight girl boss reappraisal where, you know, right like yeah. Nate was the evil man all along he, so he, just he, a girl the real villain of the movie dreams, was Adrian Grenier yeah which gives so much you know Sharpay is actually the protagonist of High School Musical yeah and like she was the completely wrong one which I firmly believe like Troy and Gabriella fuck off um but but I think that you know thinking back on it now like and especially after you know shout out to Ellie Hardaback for having talked about girl boss mm-hmm. that's like culture but after thinking about that like I started thinking so much about how there is a way in which runway was a pyramid scheme and yeah in, in which like you know this job that millions of girls would kill for right like doesn't guarantee her anything and it really is all about connections and there's a way in which you know no matter how much she tries to kill herself for Miranda she's still earning however much she's earning and living like off in an hour borough right like and and having to do the twins science project yeah uh and she's selling her soul for that um for no pay for no pay but status right but like before the kind of gatekeeping status of wearing those clothes and going to those parties and meeting the the guy whose name I don't remember, um, who gives her the Harry Potter manuscript, oh, and oh. then and then there's the Me Too mo- mo- uh, yeah, moment, yeah, with Simon in that Baker, movie, exactly, which is so, so fascinating hot. to think about now. Oh no, no, I wasn't saying the Me Too moment is hot. I was saying that Simon <laughs> Baker is really hot. He's I mean, the I'm, mentalist, and and yes, he is a mentalist. Uh, but another iconic. <laughs> quote from that movie i'm not your baby uh <laughs> incredible incredibly delivered um it's it's just, just so everything about it, it it is so hard to focus conversation on it because it literally it's it's so overwhelming so because there. like there's so much to look at the lines are so quotable the soundtrack's so like it's just like it's a fun little confection of a movie it is it that is. you could i could rewatch the movie every week for the rest oh, of my same. life and i think i would not and in fact i think there it. have been moments in my life that i did that yeah and i basically you know i was thinking because by the way listeners neither of us actually has watched this movie in a very long time i, I can't remember yeah, the last time been, i watched it um august 2019 was my last yeah i literally but i've remember. seen it I have seen it like maybe maybe 10 times. Yeah. We are fully winging this conversation, but it is just a testament to how remarkable this movie is. We remember a scene. I can give you a scene by scene play of what happens. It's one of my two go-to plane movies. That and Mamma Mia. Every time I'm on a plane, I watch one of the two. But there's just like in both like within the same two years too. Like in fact, I only watched Mamma Mia because of the Devil Wears Prada. In fact, the Devil Wears Prada was my first brush with Meryl Streep. I think she was. Um, That was my first brush with Meryl Streep too. With honestly, that entire cast. Like Stanley oh. Tucci and Hathaway, and I've gone on to watch all of their movies. Are not all of them, but like yeah. a lot of their movies because of the Devil Wears Prada because the acting was just so remarkable. And um, my granddad, when I was seven, took me to go see Princess Diaries in theaters. Oh, I so that was my first brush and right. and America's first brush with Anne Hathaway. And so I mean, Wait, wow, what one hater? Because she has like big theater kid energy. She no one but like no one does game. anymore like it's not cool to hate Anne Hathaway oh I'm glad in 2021 like if you're if you still think that Anne Hathaway is like a tryhard a who cares everyone's a tryhard you should be a tryhard like no one likes some like passive like 
jobless ketamine addict. Sorry, that's like not fun. Um, B, like, grow up. Yeah. She's cool. She's a great oh, no, actress. She's great. Major oh, she's talent. Wonderful. Did you watch Oceans um, yeah, yeah. 8? She's so, so funny. In that. So she funny can literally that. do drama. She can do oh, she can thriller. Do she can do comedy. She's so good at comedy. I mean, like, she's so good in this movie. Hot take. Like, she is being groomed to be the next Meryl Streep. Like, I mean, I, I hopefully think, she yeah. will have enough time in her career to. I mean, I don't want to say that also because, like, Meryl Streep is one of these, you know, it's like a comet that comes by yeah every ten thousand years or whatever but like and she really does like meryl really makes miranda one of her most iconic performances if not maybe her most iconic performance and this is like i I, i've thought about this so much because like you know knowing her star started career right like again i I don't know how many oscar nominees she has gotten at this Um, point because she got a couple of more yeah she got a couple of more after after this uh, but I cannot think of a character that has resonated with a broad public more. Yeah, this is, this is definitely her most popular performance mm-hmm. for sure. Like, she just makes a meal out of moments that, like, I mean, don't... she got a Best Actress nomination for, for this. a comedy. Like, it's so hard to get a Best Actress nom or any and, acting and nom for, for comedy. And for a comedy that was based on, like, a mediocre book. Right? Yeah, have like, you read the book? That was a, I, I have in I high have school. Too. The book... It's really remarkable what the writer, um, Aline Brosh McKenna, did with this the movie screenplay. because the book is just like a a compendium with no plot of like, yeah. isn't she such a shitty mean boss? Yeah. Moments. And it is kind of just no like, humor, oh, no nothing. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, and this movie has like real like plot stakes, he, like such But the funny lovely thing humor. about it too is that it is so... Jungianly archetypal in a sense like the plot I can't mm-hmm. believe I just said it. the plot is very simple yeah it's simple, not super simple, simple. but like they really bared the story down to the minimum and made a universal tale out of it yeah. like that I think that's what's incredible right like and like Miranda could just be this one-dimensional villain but she's gets a nice amount of shading but they don't make her like so super like you know, like softy inside, like hard exterior, softy interior. No, like, in fact, I she think still there was... does like shitty craven things, like throwing Stanley Tucci under the oh bus. Shocking but scene. It's still Freaking like Jacqueline Foley. Yeah. <laughs> but, you... <laughs> but you still get like that, like moment at the end of the movie where she like smiles at Andy walking across the street. And then she's like, driver, it's like so Come much on. in that. Mm-hmm. in that little moment and only Meryl I think could have really like yeah and I'm not gonna remember this now but at one point I was reading about this and there was supposed to be a scene where either like she breaks down and like Andy consoles her it was supposed to be like in that Paris scene where they're yeah. picking out the seating chart and and they cut it out because they didn't want to give her too much of kind of no a warm motherly precisely because it would it would ruin their their entire dynamic if if they put that on screen exactly um and so yeah no the directing was so well done too like it, it, it's crazy because it's that director hasn't done so... anything else of no right. really right and, and it is a shame i will say also because i mean you know we we are talking about so much but we aren't talking about the fashion and obviously it's incredible iconic 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 unfortunately that movie ran up against marie antoinette that year and that yeah. is really the only reason why I didn't win. And Marie Antoinette, of course, looks 
absolutely gorgeous. So we just wa- we, we, just, we watched that. Antoinette over the summer and it's fabulous. Fabulous movie. Dare I say it is one of my favorite movies. You, like, oh yeah, no, it it's great. I love. So uh, we love Sofia Coppola. You could um, do a fun double feature of Marie Antoinette and, and the Devil Wears Prada. As like two dueling portraits of like pre-recession. And not only like, that, materialism. but like women who get caught up. Yeah. Like women who get caught up. Women who get caught up. Women in and out of boxes. Women ended up in and out of boxes. Don't um, put them in there. But sometimes in they're there. in there. I did also them. think so much about, you know, thinking about, um, in a sense, how Andy's idealism gets corrupted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this idea of her being very much kind of in a middle to upper middle class, right? Like went to Northwestern. Her dad is kind of subsidizing her rent in New York City. Yeah. Uh, she was supposed to go to Stanford Law. Uh, and then she just loses herself in this world because of the cloud. And I thought so much, you know, this is pre-recession, obviously. And she's, you know, she has a very shitty job. Like, you know, I can't, I can't really compare this to consulting, right? But I thought so much about so many people in our generation who have this very lofty discourse going into college or even through college yeah. and even after college, but who then get seduced by the gatekeeping and the gaslighting and the girl bossery and the girl bossery of it all right like and go into this world and continue to espouse these ideals that Andy says she's continuing to espouse and that she says she has no choice right like yeah when she literally throws Emily under the cab with the Hermes Foulas flying out she says she has no choice but but in a sense she does right like and so and so I thought so much about basically how hard it is to live under late capitalism, right? Like, and and how hard it is- How we have to make compromises. Exactly, and to compromise. And what is interesting is that you actually get kind of a happy and unusual ending out of it, right? Which is that she's like, you know- Bye. Throw the freaking phone at the place, let them go. It's not like, I I don't know. It's not like super satisfying because it is like, oh, she's kowtowing to like Adrian Grenier's character and like, just like not like like it would be so fun if like she became Miranda you know but see I like to think and this is how it was interpreting the last scene you know we were mentioning the scene with the smile which I think is gorgeous I mean that that is yeah like um and what I want to believe I mean this is crazy right now but like what I want to believe is that what Miranda is kind of smiling at when she looks at Andy is that she sees a woman who's as tenacious as she is but who's not going to be like who's going to use her powers for good basically right like who's going to go and write for the activist newspaper right the new york (laughs) mirror or whatever it's called right like and who's gonna like actually live by her ideals rather than kind of sacrificing anything like everything that she believes in in the name of of a power that is not always you know it's like might not be what the world needs her to employ Mm -hmm. that sentence made no sense but that's kind of what, what I want to, to believe she's thinking about when she briefly smiles and then very peremptorily tells the, the driver. To and it's down. a testament to Meryl's talent that she can convey, she convey that all entire that thing in with like a one little like smile. Yeah, that's um, talent. That's talent. I have two questions for you. Sure. One is a one question quiz. Is, is Stanley Tucci gay in real life? No. Okay. Doesn't he have a wife and children? Yeah, he's married to a, uh, Emily Blunt's sister. In fact, I'm pretty sure my rival school in England 
I think because I think it was an American school and his kids went there and so like yeah he, his, my friends played soccer with his kids and like he was in the bleachers one day and they all got pictures with him and I was like damn I should be a cheerleader his first wife was British and I'm pretty sure she died and then know. he's British. married to Felicity Blunt Emily's sister Emily's sister oh that's right that dick yeah in the in the Saudi like he is he's in the family yeah I now. think yeah yeah. yeah 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 which I think is gorgeous okay so I, I think that, it's beautiful so many people that's think he's gay though he plays so many like gay guys like oh my god so I was watching um uh the view interview with Whoa. um with Meryl and and Stanley uh I think it came out like the day that the movie was released yeah um and in that interview, I mean, a lot of problematic things happen in that interview, but among them is someone called Stanley Tucci in the movie, a gay witchy fashionista. Uh, and she, like whatever this middle-aged lady was, she was like, how did you do it? Like, how did you play a gay witchy fashionista so well? Uh, and I was just like, God, um, gay witchy fashionista. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's what she said. I'm pretty oh sure God. I didn't hear it wrong. That's yeah, incredible. I was like, damn. And I mean, you know, he did it. That he did it very well. Slur. I mean, I thought he was, it does sound like, because that's why I was like, I would in 2006, like, um, but, but yeah, so <laughs> that, that interview was something for sure. The view is a um, breeding ground for, I mean, did you watch that clip last week that was going around on Twitter about joy behar one of the hosts being like everyone should just come out on thanksgiving and whoopi goldberg asked her she was like what come out the door and then joy behar is like no come out of the closet and then she gives a look to camera that's like and it was so like threatening i was like god what's going on the view is a breeding ground for like chica loco behavior and the view is one positively terroristic that that mm-hmm. word did not come out right and two like threatening i mean like everything that was said in that interview was a little bit threatening mm-hmm. um yeah i have my lots side. of lots of things about people gaining and losing weight and calling miranda Priestley a bitch which i was like That's she's a bitch like, like what about the early 2010s historiographical reappraisal of girl boss uh but anyway what is the second question second question as a brazilian what do you believe um, do you believe that this is Giselle Bunchen's greatest cinematic role? So that's very funny you asked that because I was thinking about that unbelievable cameo, which definitely made the entire nation of Brazil cheer. Uh, <laughs> you could hear it from here. In fact, part of the movie, oh, part of the reason why I probably watched that movie as early as I did is because someone told me that Giselle was Because you, you do stand, um, like not to be stereotypical, but you do as a Brazilian stand Giselle I mean, Bunchen like, real it's hard. hard. No, I mean, honestly, like besides, you know, our fascist dictator, Jair Bolsonaro, uh, like she might be the most famous Brazilian in the world right now. Oh, definitely. Like, like definitely years, definitely. right? Has been. So, so like it, it's hard as a Brazilian not to to stand her, even though she's gone kind of weird, you know, with the whole time. I, I think she's yeah. a little, like she's getting a little anti-vax. Like I don't, I don't want to like slander. Do we or, think she? Like, well, I don't think she. I don't think she. I think like, she got the vaccine. I don't get she, sued. she definitely got the she vaccine. She has defended people who haven't. I don't know. She's a little too like you know. Well, Tom Tom Brady doesn't eat red fruit. That's weird. But I mean, he like, no tomatoes, no strawberries. He's a man. No, that's that's weird. But he's a weird man. Yeah, he's that's a weird man. Um, yeah. So I think that this is one of two of Giselle Bündchen's greatest cameos. Yeah. So there's this. What's another one? 
her her catwalk at the 2016 Olympic Games oh, yeah. opening, uh, which was just, I mean, the country like went wild when that happened. Like, yeah. Everyone was like literally tearing off their hair. Like I can't believe this <laughs> is shirt happening. Like, garments, literally, you know that SNL skit where like it's like an Oprah giveaway and like people's like heads go flying off. Like it's that's like basically Sodom what happened. Yeah, yeah, I know that's exactly what happened. Uh, yeah, so also, like those were her best two cameos of all time. It was real Olympics and 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 Serena. She's very um, funny. Are those the Chanel boots? Um, yeah, no, then, she is. She she's, is. She's like it she saw though, Like, <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was something. Uh, it is whenever I think of Giselle and honestly think about the movie because I was thinking about that movie in class a lot. But then I was like, we are in the U.S. This is an American movie. We can't talk about you know this movie if we don't talk about race and I mean it, when I think about Giselle what I always go back to it is it is just so weird that Brazil's greatest fashion and beauty icon is a white woman considering that a white blonde blue-eyed woman mm-hmm. considering that Brazil is the second largest black country in the world after Nigeria yeah. right um and so that just always boggles my mind but um but yeah wow what a gorgeous holistic discussion of one of the greatest comedies of all time. I tried. I tried. I'm so glad it's turned 15. It was always going to turn 15 just because of the nature of the passage of time. Do but you think anyone will ever try to remake it? If they do, I genuinely don't think you can remake this movie. Like it's such a 2006 movie and how it talks about like the interstitial, like print media being like peak influential like right as it's about That's to wane true. pre-digital i mean like they, the they fashion is so iPhones, specific which no, is absolutely it's crazy. all flip phones blackberries pagers and stuff like da, 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 da. it's not you can't do that movie these days like you just can't like it's not it's too much of a period piece and listen we all know what happened when they tried to remake Gossip Girl. I mean, the tragedy is out there on HBO Max for everyone to see. Mm-hmm. So we might have to watch an episode oh, we after are, this. To like oh, we're absolutely gonna gonna watch Gossip Girl after this. But God, it, like the definition of a guilty pleasure, the new Gossip Girl. Depressing. It is just sad, sad, sad. Well, speaking of other things that have torn the community apart, we're gonna play our final segment, our final game, tear the community apart great so the rules are very simple and you know them but i'm going to explain them for new listeners i've picked two songs and you're going to tell me which one is better mm-hmm. easy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe this might be an easy one actually watch so, me not know the songs no you will know the songs i've picked two 2008 hits and the spirit of the devil wears prada which was 2006 but at the same time period just go with it two british singers iconic jams cross the pond made their way onto the american ear changed our lives forever which song is better american boy by estelle featuring kanye west or bleeding love by leona lewis okay so that one is very easy because i literally have no idea what the second one is so absolutely american okay boy. we don't even need to stop and listen to it it's just it's gonna be hard to top american boy especially after i watched the wendy williams um, oh, that following that 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 oh, there's a great TikTok. Yeah. Anyway, shout out to um, um front of the pod, Hale McSherry, for putting that on our time. Oh yeah, no, that funny. is what happened. That is what um, happened. Okay, beautiful. But bleeding love is like I don't care what they say. I'm in love with you. I try to promise, but they don't know the truth. 
Are you going to get a Mahad- licensee for that? I'm not singing it correctly, so they better not. It's like my heart's by the pain that I keep on closing. Okay, so you cut me open. I don't want to fuck you up, but that was unrecognizable. But I am glad that I got Andrew to sing in the podcast. That that is beautiful. Anyway, was it beautiful? My dulcet tones, my clarion song. Yeah, it was, it was good. Okay, so American Boy wins it. I mean, why, why do you love American Boy so much? I'm an American Boy. You are an American Boy. Mm-hmm. I did live in England for four years. So, right. There's something there. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's so iconic. It's so iconic. Like, I, I don't even know where to get started. You know there. what is arguably the most iconic part of American Boy by Estelle? Don't like Smacky Cheese, but I'm like, what's underneath? Them. Well, that's pretty, that's pretty <laughs> iconic. Like, I think Connie's verses is, are oh, so it's good. It's so, great. like, the, he comes in so hot and iconic. Like, this is the number one champion sound. Yeah, Estelle will be about to get down. Yes. That's, that's a mantra. That is a blueprint for what Absolutely. is about, what you're listening to and what is about to happen. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it is, it is, it is also filled with a kind of, honestly, tourist optimism about the United States that is very hard to <laughs> kind of, that's certainly one way know, to put it. return to yeah. once you've actually lived in this country. And as someone who first came here as a tourist, like, I do remember wanting to be taken on a trip I'd like to go someday yeah you know being wanting did to you, be taken to someone, New York and liking to see LA did you see right? either of those places I did both of them oh my god in my first trip to the U.S. yeah which wasn't in fact 2009 so it was I wasn't listening to American Boy unfortunately but was I Estelle did I embody Spiritually, the spirit of Estelle at that point you Absolutely. felt like a sense memory that you didn't know you even had and, that's and then you listened to the song and I was like whoa and, and that's kind of what happened. Uh, I mean- History I, I is a coloring book. I couldn't have put it better myself. The funny thing is that, like, I obviously remember listening to that song probably like on the radio or something, but I didn't actually know what it was until 2017. Um, wow. So you had like, so you had like a late in life come to a stone. For a lot of Nelly Furtado as well, Promiscuous Fall 2017. <sighs> yeah. I was introduced to a lot of things. That's much, much that promiscuous is, is like Devil Wears Prada, a summer of 2006. Summer of t- 2006. Yeah. Icon, icon. Uh, no, I mean, and, and that maybe is one of the things that makes me also so attached to Devil Wears Prada is that I actually caught it at the beginning. Yeah. Like Lady Gaga. That was the beginning of your gradual immersion. Was that the beginning of my Americanization? Was that, was that when I was for one of my first moments of, of, Imperialization, I wonder. Anne Hathaway wonder. imperialized you. I mean, Meryl Adrian Grenier. God, yeah. no. Um, I also did watch that movie because at that point I was still very obsessed with Paris. Yeah. So there is that. There is part. Paris in that movie. There is Paris figures in the movie. Yeah. Valentino makes a cameo. Which he is does. Um, that has nothing to do with Paris. Valentino is Italian, obviously. But, I know, but Valentino, but is, Valentino pa- he is, is there. He, he is there. He is, I mean, he showed up, which is also what's he crazy did about the that. work. He did the work, which is also what's crazy about them. I mean, the amount of just they really mobilize the fashion industry, yeah, to make that. Well, the thing is, the fashion industry loves showing up for things. Like, have you ever seen Zoolander? 
Yes, a long time ago. And I just remembered Donald Trump is in it. Yes, Donald Trump is in it. But there are so many other fashion people who are in Zoolander too. Right. Isn't that the one? Wait, I I did watch Zoolander 2, which is the one with like the blood ritual. And I think Anna Wintour is in that. Yes, Anna Wintour is in Zoolander 2. That's the one with Kristen Wiig. But it's not that it's not that good. No, but the fact that they got Anna Wintour in is absolutely wild. Yeah. And she never does anything for anyone, but you know, but then that when you think about it, I think she started to compromise more and more because she's th- realized that, that that's I, the price you pay in the age of social media. I also think that like Miranda Priestly made Anna, Anna Wintour, Wintour seem like, seem I mean, because like, like a huge B, B word. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, so in this, the view interviewer, maybe it was a different interview that I was watching. Um, <laughs> someone says like, I think, like, I don't remember if it's Anne Hathaway, Meryl Streep, or one of the middle-aged women who are in The View. Um, Rude, but they're but like, okay, yeah. but they're like, oh Some yeah. Some of them are elderly. I hear that, like, they're like, basically, we've gone blacklisted from Vogue forever after this movie because of our portrayal of Anna Wintour. Like, um, I don't know if that's true. I don't it definitely, that's true. You, I de- Anne Hathaway. And then again, on, like, Anna Wintour has, I think, embraced the fact that this is how most people got to know her. Yeah. Um, outside of the fashion world. Yeah. And really lived it up. She was in Emily Blunt. She featured in Emily Blunt's 73 Questions. Did she really? As a FaceTime cameo. Oh, was wow. Like, You're okay, doing so such she, a good job. That's so all. she she likes, she, she, she's, she's, she's playing into it. She's she leaning in. She is. <sighs> okay. I don't think I, think I, she I like that. that that's like, what would sell. In today's day, yeah, like you so, have to be like a little self-aware, self-deprecating, yeah. like be quote unquote relatable. Women making compromises again. Well, <laughs> according to the Double Brada, she is the one who makes the best compromises of all, including throwing her friend under the bus. I mean, that pesky French woman, <laughs> <laughs> Jacqueline Foy. Jacqueline um, um, I have one final question before we wrap up. God, what is it? Is Anna Wintour a girl boss? is that even like that's a tautology yes of course okay the total 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 the 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 tautology to end all tautologies hell yeah did i use that word right maybe i I think you did did. that's a cool name for a clothing bread though tautology yeah you're just like macrame yeah if i was making like a bojack horseman parody of anthropology would be tautology wow that's my next appearance on this podcast to talk about bojack yeah we're both gonna cry Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh God, not show. Can't do it. All right. Oh, it's Stanley Tucci's in BoJack. Yes. We'll got. We'll talk about this all. Um, the guy who BoJack fucks over, his old writing partner. Never noticed it. Mm-hmm. The guy who dies of cancer, mm-hmm. who's gay. Yeah. Also gay. Oh my God, Stanley Tucci really Stanley is Tucci? playing. Okay. This. Do you think? He, oh. Okay. Final question: Is Stanley Tucci queer baiting, like Nick Jonas? I don't want to call the governor on. Oh, you mean like Harry Styles? Yeah. You mean it's Stanley, like Sean Mendes? Stanley Tucci walked so Harry Styles could run in queer bait. Hell yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if I but, want to call it queer. Bait. But for Stanley Tucci, like it does seem authentic because he does seem gay. But he's not gay. But he like he I mean, he he is definitely living. But Harry in Styles, a queer I mean, experience. did you live through the early 2010s and like one D fan fiction? I mean, I didn't read any of it. No, but like that was like a cultural artifact. Like, yeah, just but Harry Styles was a fight of them together. 
No, but they were definitely, they've been queer baiting since their 1D days. Like, he's wearing dresses now, but like, Harry Styles walked in the early 2010s, so that he 2020 could, he Styles. trained he trained exactly. he was doing like jogs in 2011 so he, he could run the, so like, the london the, uh, triathlon yeah in, exactly oh, exactly well i'm glad we got to the bottom of that absolutely um, thank you so much for being here of course where can i hope go? we don't i hope neither of us gets Cancelina for this we're not going to okay. they can't cancel queer love and if you do God. if you do you're a bigot jesus I mean, you are, but yeah, <laughs> right. Okay. So if people, <laughs> if people want to find you on social media, where can they find you if you would like to be found? Okay. Well, my Instagram is private, but my, um, my Twitter handle is shotlip is, um, S C H O T T L O P E S. Um, yay. yay. Okay. Well, you can find me on Instagram at true Haskins with Z's and on Twitter at FK pigs with a Z um what else oh you subscribe to culturepig.substack.com for free weekly newsletters um bi-weekly sorry bi-weekly i update the schedule i'm doing it every two weeks now um subscribe to, for those directly to your inbox um what else oh and rate and review this podcast on apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast and just spread love in the world that's all Bye.